Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, folks, welcome back to the uh, latest Mount Westwire football podcast. Not a team preview this week because, well, as me and Matt Crenley in a Subsequent podcast and putting the order you're listening to, we'll talk about that later. MWR.com, where we'll find all of our good old written work, and obviously check out our podcast wherever you get that. But we are talking the. Uh, we're joined by our buddy Josh, too, who covers Colorado State. So, Josh, uh, how would we. What's the nice way to describe what's going on? Like, what was your. Like, is it. I want to be. Uh, it's not good. Is that the easiest way to put it? <laughs> yeah, I, I would say so. It's probably not good, but. We just kind of have to see where it goes. So, if you've been under a rock, because this stuff happened basically, Matt, when did that first start? Friday afternoon, Friday night, we heard about this stuff at CSU? Well, it kind of depends on what stuff you're referring to, because it seemed like over the course of the past week, there was really two different things that unfolded, right? Yeah, I guess uh, the initial stuff was uh, COVID issues, not following COVID guidelines. Yeah. So... We'll give a, I have a lengthy, beyond lengthy article up over at MWR from about a couple days ago. So here's the timeline real quick, if you haven't heard. So there's a group of players saying, coming to the Colorado and about, I think, what, 10 players plus, and some sort of staff. It doesn't say football staff or training staff. It's just the staff talk to Colorado and saying, we're not, we're not able to get, um, we're sticking, we're, if you have symptoms, you're able to practice. They're being threatened with no playing time or reduced playing time. If they decide not to, uh, if they adhere to COVID guidelines, not quarantining properly. So that's the first thing. And then what was what was next? Was it the, uh, I guess we had the MW United, which doesn't really go into this, but sort of does. And then we had the racial stuff. And then we had the CSU United. And then what was next? The burner account? Is that how the order is, guys? <laughs> that, I think, is the, uh, the short version, the TLDR version of things. So let's... So let me talk to you, Josh, because you're a Colorado State fan and everything. You write for the Rams on our site and everything. You kind of follow them closer closer than me and Matt. So what were like when you first saw the COVID stuff, like threatened playing time? We had our huge DM on Twitter back and forth, everybody. Um, so what was like when you when you saw that come out? It's like like what was your first thought? Like oh crap, what are you doing? Get your act together. Like what was kind of your initial stuff in, instinct? Yeah, it was that oh crap feeling. What are we doing? Why why is this happening now? And then it, I think it evolved into, I'm actually not really sure what it evolved into. I think it was, I remember I was reading something on the, one of the CSU boards and I think it, one of the, one of the responses that piqued my interest was that it was, maybe it was just a misinterpretation, like just the playing time part. Let me specify that just the playing time part. Cause it's like, well, if you do this crazy thing and you get this virus, yeah, you're going to miss out. You're going to miss out on training. You're going to miss out on practice. So, yeah, you are going to lose playing time because there are people who could be right there with you that are going to pass you. So I think that may have been misinterpreted. But the the mass stuff was just – it seemed weird, especially with a, both the – because it was directed at both Adazio and Heater, who are both older and in a – in the high risk group. So yes. it just, it didn't, didn't really make sense. And so I like 
my my thoughts evolved throughout the day and maybe this isn't they're just pinning the blame on coach adazio and it's more like um as as we'll get into with the racism stuff more in an, an indictment on the department um, the athletic department yeah because when the because here's what i thought about i kind of thought about for it's like the playing time thing i can get because it's kind of obvious right guys it's like well, if you test positive or you're you have to sit out for whether it's while you're waiting for your test to come back or the actual two weeks, yes, you're gonna miss playing time. So how is that interpreted? Was it like Coach X, you're because Coach X says, Hey, you know, if you get tested or if you're positive, you're out for two weeks. I could see that be construed a little bit report said differently because the CSU Rams website as well, official athletic website came out there. I forget who was a soccer player, he said, Yeah, well you don't want to miss out because if we mispractice we're two weeks out we're going to be behind in a, a myriad of ways but then again thinking as well when they came back to practice like every school is doing this where i don't know the actual numbers but it's like groupings like okay group a group b group c most likely your position group guys running backs linebackers some sort of group where it's a smaller group so you can actually use the weight or work out could one because it was specifically said, a position coach mentioned about these type of things like go out there and practice you're going to be threatened with lack of playing time. I could easily see it be where maybe you guys could see it feel the same way, but like position coach X says, says playing time. If you get tested, don't miss practice because athletes are supposed to be like work through it all. You got a hamstring, you got to tweak the ankle, try to go through it. Either you're hurt or injured. Those are two different things. I could see one group saying this because we saw a lot of players stand up say, I've never heard this at all. Everything's been hundred percent top on, on board, but then you could see a running back group or receivers group or some other group being strictly to the law like all right wear your mask if you're coughing anything if you feel take a day or something or do it the right way and those guys never cross with each other because you're never going to have 100 plus kids in the same room and so i could see i could both as i've written as much i can see both being true where a group of players were told one thing maybe don't follow these guidelines as well another one being strictly involved and the ones defending were with a coach that was doing everything that you're supposed to i don't think that's too far-fetched what do you think matt no, I mean, I don't think so. It's, you know, one of those things where it, it seems because the, uh, the the adamancy of the rejection of some of these allegations is so forceful, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it just, it's not a united message, but, you know, I guess what I would echo is what I think it was our, our, our uh, compadre, Justin Michael, over at DNVR had mentioned a couple days ago, that regardless like 30 players is not nothing mm-hmm. on a team that has like 90 or 100 people on it so you know there may have been some wires crossed or it may just be that some people like you mentioned aren't seeing what other people are seeing and so you know for for my perspective as a complete outsider you know i'm, I'm you know, just looking at the world, I'm, I'm growing more and more cynical about things each day. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm tempted to, to to view this entire situation in a rather dim light. But, you know, it's not just players. You know, the, the coaches most recently, I think, not even an hour before we started recording on Sunday afternoon, came out with a message that was from, like, I think it was 10 people on staff. Yes, I saw and that. And so, you know, so it's both the... the a healthy subsection of the players who are, who have had one message. Um, you know, there have been conflicting messages from people who are no longer with the staff. And then of course the current staff that is on with the Dazio right now is providing kind of a second supplementary message to the first one. So 
it's you know it's enough of a back and forth where you know you might want to be in one camp or another but i think you know until whatever investigation is wrapped up finalized in the in the findings are presented i think you kind of have to keep an open mind regardless of whether you're like 100 backing the players and their message or whether you are backing or more inclined to believe the reports coming out of the colorado end i do so let me hop in real quickly go there josh in a second but i don't put i don't want to say put much i i don't put too much stock in that letter you know why all 10 coaches were weren't they all hired by steve adazio so why wouldn't what what reason would they have to? They'd have a pretty good reason, money, a lot of money, coaching career just to go along. Because we saw in one of the racial, we'll get to later, one of the other coaches who was with the playing the NFL for a dozen years, all these coaches. He was a great player at CSU, a black player. Like these coaches, why would they go against their head coach? Because this is their livelihood; they get paid. So mm-hmm. them agreeing, I'm like that doesn't mean much to me. Like to be honest, like why would you let? I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe everything's fine. Like I, I want to keep some open mind, but why would every like you're hired by this guy? Do you want to lose your job right away because you say there is stuff going on? So it's like I'm kind of wishy washy with that, just because why would they disagree with their coach? However, I like you a beer, Josh. There's one I forget which article it was about, but there was a current staff member who said it's hard to work with Steve Adagio and not like what he's doing. Did that staff member sign on to this letter as well, saying everything's fine? I don't know. And, and I will clarify that one of the coaches was retained from Mike Bobo. I believe it was the DB's coach. Yeah, I know there's Yeah, I know there's I know that's why I just said all, but I'm sure majority like we know we also have like his old Urban Myers son-in-law or something on there on there because he would coach with Adazio and another family member as well. And so those those guys aren't going to go against him, right? So Josh, what like if we I know there's a ton to go through, but like the testing thing, like how dumb is it to do this? You know what I mean? Like a couple of things too, like maybe it changed because we don't know the date of when this stuff came out. Because if you read through it, the CS there was a around Fourth of July. There was a thing about there was parties where because college kids are trying to keep them contained. I mean, they want to have fun, you want to do stuff. You're in town where there was miscommunication. Like you could be right, Josh. Like earlier on, maybe there was miscommunication because there were players now. Like I think Warren Jackson. I want to say it's him or there's somebody in the CSU official effects. Like well, there's some. It's gotten better since early on. So maybe these complaints were earlier on, like not just like when the thing was posted a couple of days ago, maybe it's two weeks ago, which is around the time where they got tested after the parties and they had to shut down the program for a little bit to make to pause everything, which they're doing now. I, I don't think that's all the question either. It's like the timeline of what's going on is important as well, I think. Yeah, I, I think that's right. And I think it could be a case of the athletes just not taking it seriously at first. And then – Maybe there was one one person who was taking it serious and seeing it was lax. And then when everything came to a head with everybody testing positive, that's when everybody started taking it serious. Like, hey, this is we got to do this now if we want to have a season. There's that. But then what do you think about this? Like Adagio saying like there's a, the athletic – one of the communication guys on record saying, well, maybe we won't do a full quarantine. I'm like, you, if you want – like if you want like I said, if you want a season, you got to do these things. And so, like, there, that he came out specifically saying the ESPN piece, well, maybe we don't need the quarantine. Or that female athlete, you have to quarantine, but these three football players who were in contact and positive don't have to quarantine at all. It's like there's huge things not going right. Like like you said, it's there's no leadership. It's like overall, when you look at what's going on in, in general for, like, COVID stuff, it's like, okay, president says this, state says this. It's probably same where you two guys are at, same here. Governor says this, health official says this, county commissioner says this, mayor says this. 
and there's no clear message. Yeah, and, and I think that clear message is the part of it. I think, again, this is just, I will say this is my interpretation of it, but when they said they wanted to come back early, it was like, well, they're testing everybody, so if everybody tests negative, they can come back early from the quarantine. I mean, I could be, I could absolutely be wrong, and they were just trying to skirt around that two weeks. But my interpretation was they were trying to get everybody tested, and if everybody tested negative, they would come back early. I could definitely see that too, because like I had to get tested recently. I was being careful for something at work to happen. Like, okay, I got tested Wednesday. I probably should have the two weeks, but I had no symptoms and I had no tests. But I was out of work, like, pretending like seven days. It could have been that too. But then you have Adazio saying, like, it's the way you say it too, right, guys? It's like when we have it. It's like if you listen to the or not listen, but the thing of Nick Rolovich, Washington State. You read the transcript, but how was the audio presented? Because if you hear somebody say it one way, it could be different. You know what I mean? Like, but also if you're like a state university and stuff, you got to kind of follow those rules that are in place. But I get it. Like, if you get tested, everybody's tested. Everybody tests fine. Well, maybe nobody has symptoms, and maybe we can go back earlier. But Adagio, like, even blunt, bluntly said, somebody said to me, they're like, hey, we, we probably don't need to quarantine two weeks. But the way his demeanor is and what he's done to former players at BC, I'm leaning toward him being a grumpy old guy wanting to get things his way and not caring what the rules. Because, like I said in our DMs, these are football coaches who don't have life personal skills outside of football. Like what personal skills they have going out and about meeting regular people and dealing with something that's not football. Yeah. And I, I, I think you're right. And that's how Adazio is. And I'll bring this up later when we talk about racism, racism, but he, he's a hard nosed football coach and he, that's the way he is. I played for a coach like that in high school where like, I'm going to get on you about this stuff, um, about football. And that's what I care about. I care about football. I want to get better. I want to make this team better. And it, I'm not going to let this thing stand in my way. And if it is, I'm trying to get it out of the way as soon as possible. Well, that's not a bad thing, right? Like, you can be, like, I've done athletics too. It's like, you have coaches on you, but still, like, they can be hard on you or maybe it's whatever, just on you to want to be better. But then when you look at other stuff, it's like you got to realize, okay, maybe we need to take a step back here because if he really wants to want to induce and do well in his first year, those these two things are related together. Right, Matt? Like, if you wanted to have good fo- a football season, a good football season, play well, you got to do the protocols and be in place to actually have your guys in the field. Yeah, I mean, interpersonal communication is, no matter what job you have, is, you know, it's, it's an important skill to have. And, you know, especially for a head coach who, in a lot of respects, often acts as kind of a CEO because he's overseeing 100-plus people in a lot of respects. Mm-hmm. You know, not only in, in dealings with like boosters, but like with the players, with other coaches on staff and things like that. And so, you know, there are some times where having one speed can be an advantage. Uh, and there are other times where having that same one speed can be a detriment. And so it's it wouldn't surprise me if that ended up being the case where, you know, especially with kind of the, the rapidly evolving college football environment or even just the college athletics environment, you know, it's starting to reflect a lot of the changes that are being demanded just within society or American society at large. And so people like Adazio and maybe other people on people on staff are, I'm assuming, adjusting to this new reality or this this new hoped for reality. Um, that's really all the insight I can provide on that. But that was just kind of what I was thinking when I saw that. 
Yeah, it's just uh, it's also not just a football program too. It's like the one thing that really disturbs me because this seems to be we'll get to more a bigger athletic department thing going on with Joe Parker, um, a little bit Jack Graham, but not necessarily him. Larry Eustace, Tony Frank, the school, the for- see former president, right, Josh? Yeah. Okay. And then he's he's in charge of the entire system now. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. The Colorado State system. Okay. So you have all that going through, but like one thing that really disturbed me here, like reading through the volleyball thing, where there's four volleyball four volleyball players. Excuse me. I think it was four. They're having lunch. Yeah, they're having lunch together for about an hour. So if, if you're eating lunch, whatever, you don't have your mask on, whatever, because you're eating. Probably should keep some distance. Seems like they're a typical table, from what we can tell. So I forget who asked to read it. Somebody goes, "Hey, can I look at the?" Uh, and they admitted not wearing a mask. Like, none of them. But then the report says, oh, they're wearing masks. And when asked to read it, no, you can't look at it. I'm like, that throws up major red flags where somebody's either lying or changing what was said. It's like, this is a big athletic thing. Like, like really quick with you, Stacey, he, people knew what he's getting to from Iowa State and Southern Miss. They didn't care wanted to win. When, and Josh, wasn't it Jack Grimm wanted him fired essentially in the first place? The first time around with you, Stacey, issues back in, like, 14? Yeah, he hired him. He was saw what he did with Southern Miss. Um, brought him in, found their issues, wanted him fired. Tony Frank said no, and then excuse me, and then they put him on a zero tolerance policy that was basically ignored. Like a babysitter had to follow him around for the most part. It seemed like. Yeah, and then after a certain period of time, that stopped happening. Yeah, it's like I am around. Like I went to University of Utah. I was at the tail end of Rick Majerus stuff. Like, I wasn't there. I was in high school when he was, like, in the late 90s, like, doing great things, like, basketball-wise. But he – there's some really nasty things he did and said. And, again, times are touched different. But even then, it wasn't seen as being good. But I guess if you're going to Final Fours and Sweet 16s every year, they don't – it kind of turns – like eh, it's, you know, it's not that big a deal. But there's some really bad stuff. And look at Mike Bobo. Like, you'll, we'll bring it up in a second. Like, his practice were 100% closed. So who knows what was going on during practice as well. Like, nothing could be seen. Of what of what's what's what the deal is, but like, I think this is the last little bit on like the health stuff. Is there anything else we need to get into? Because basically, what it comes well, I guess there's, I guess the only other thing is that they were, it seemed like to me they're skirting the rules a little bit or wanting to get back sooner than later. But they did the right thing too. A couple right around fourth of July, they stopped practice for a little while when they had all those positive tests. So they've done some decent things. I ultimately think, again, like wires have been crossed. Like you're in one group here, they're told. Follow this great other group here. Yeah, just if you can be out here, you're fine. Like it could have been like, oh, you're sneezing, not a big deal because you don't have a fever, or your fever is ninety ninety nine, but you're no not coughing or anything. It's like it could have been that. It's like there's a million symptoms you can choose from. If you're like achiness, if you sit down and you can't breathe well, it's like well maybe go get tested. So it could be like that. But I'm hoping now it's like I don't what I don't. Is there anything else to add to that part of it outside of them maybe? seemingly like wanting to kind of get back sooner than they should and not 100% strictly fall into the guidelines, I guess? I, I think part of it is just it's Coach Adazio's first year, and I think he just wanted to get the team more together, try to get his system more in place. So maybe that plays a part into it, but I don't think it's as malicious as it's being made out to be. It could be more negligence than malicious. Yeah, I don't – unless they're like the threatening of playing time and stuff, it's like that – that's probably the most bullish thing. It's like, but again, it could be, it could be like wink, wink. Hey, if you sit out, if you, if you're out for tweaks, you're not gonna, you're battling for that backup quarterback spot. You're not gonna get it because you know if you get tested positive, it could be like I don't know if it, we, no, none of us know that directly was. If you have symptoms, you're like 
It, I don't think it was 100% direct saying, hey, you're you, – like it wasn't directly that way. I don't think that's the case because mm-hmm. I – it could be, but I don't think that that's very true. It seems – you're right. They want to get back out there on the field. But here's one thing I want to bring up. Let's kind of move on to the next little bit. People are like, put your names on this. Say this. Say that. We want to know who you are. We had the at Mountain West United thing that came out, I think, the day after. Is that right, guys? I believe yeah. so, yeah. So that came out. It had some really good things on there. Like, if you haven't read that, go look it up. It's like eligibility, like help pay for COVID issues, um, retain your scholarship, eligibility next year, percentage of missed games or something like that. It's I think it's pretty straightforward. And it's pretty good. The very last one was whistleblower protection. I go out on Twitter. I think Jesse, our buddy Jesse, who used to do Wyoming stuff for us, is like, hey, I was it Marcus Williams? I think it was, or some player in CSU retweeted the MW United. Great, but then brings out, then says out, out loud on Twitter, "Hey, show your name, cowards!" I'm like, "What are you doing? Like, do they not read everything?" It's like these guys. I get it. You're all college age guys, but it's like you got to pay attention. If you're for one thing, you can't just oh, this looks like a great cause to be behind, but then get pissed at your teammates who are saying bad things about the coach. That I don't know. That's just something weird. It's like you got to pay attention to that stuff, right? So, what side are you on, right, guys? It's like you got to kind of you can back, you can't back everything. Like, there's a reason when to get like to get stuff out here to get news and things known, everybody. That if people aren't talking to record, there's probably a pretty good reason. And odds of them lying on that because going back to the Colorado and Red, like, is he going to risk his job over a huge stuff like this? I'm going to say no, right? No, but I, I will add this about the Colorado, and while they are a good local paper with good stories, there have been some concerns within the athletic department and with fans about them. I'm not I'm not sure on the specifics. I just know that there are questions about the relationship and what what's going on between everybody. Is it because they don't like what they're writing about them, about the school? It, it, it relate. It didn't start with this. It, it's going back a couple of years, especially since I was there back in early two thousand, early twenty tens. I remember reading on the boards that there's just something with the relationship between the two, and, it, and I think it relates to the fact that CS, um, excuse me, Fort Collins, just isn't a sports town. Like we had the group that come out against the stadium, mm-hmm. and like a lot of Colorado is just it's a Denver pro sports market. Where and that's why CU and CSU get the harder hits about the bad things that happen. You don't see the bad things that happen with like the Denver Broncos from the sports journalists because that's basically your career in this market. Like if you get on their bad side, they have the ability to end your career. Whereas here they can go out at the college colleges a little more. That shouldn't matter. That, that's ridiculous. That shouldn't be the case anyway. Regard like if there's bad stuff going on, report it. You got to get info. Go for it. Like. Sorry, if you're doing something wrong and it gets found out, it's it's on you, not the reporter who found the information. Out, in my opinion, like, and if it's about writing, like, not negative, but um, they'll say, "Oh, coaches being not good," or maybe there should be a new coach, or teams lost eight of ten, and maybe there's a new look at something else or something needs to be done. That's what all the fans are thinking too. Like, Josh, if your team's not playing well, wouldn't you question why they're not playing well and look into it instead of saying, "Oh, we've lost six six of eight. But look at these two guys that are playing great. Let's focus on them. It's like, yes, there could be focus on them, but that's not the problem. The problem is something bigger where the team's not performing well. Like, I, I don't know, I don't know exactly what it is, but you hear that everywhere. It's like, well, if you don't give us access or if you don't if you don't write nice stories, like look at the Pac twelve in the LA Times. That was a colossal mess of what they tried to do, pay for coverage. Like, let's write about the swim team to see how well they do in the Pac twelve and the 
LA market. Like, what's the point of that? But uh, should we get to, I guess it's time to get to the head of your stuff. Are we okay with that, guys? <laughs> yeah. I am, yeah. Okay, what do you got, Matt? What do you start? Give us a primer of what's the most recent, um, I guess, uh, I'll say a black eye against CSU at the moment. Well, um, going back to the Colorado again, it came out, what was it, yesterday, late afternoon? Saturday, yes. Where uh, more than 20 current and former Colorado State football players and, and athletic department staff, and I'm just reading off the header from the from the article itself, but that they've witnessed recurring instances of racial insensitivity and abusive behavior. And long story short, the, uh, the article kind of goes back through... It, you know, recent history to, you know, rope in Larry Eustachy, for instance, and, and Mike Bobo, uh, as well as Adazio, where it, to speak to like a, a larger culture uh, that allegedly kind of lets some of these things go. And, you know, some of these specific examples, which I'm not, I don't want to give everything away because I want to encourage people to go read the article and then make their own judgments. But, you know, some of the uh, specific examples that are alleged to have happened are, um, shall we say, very rough, mm-hmm. <laughs> that very rough to digest. And, and you know, it's, it's the kind of thing where, like, I showed my fiance, who's not a uh, college football fan at all, and she, you know, eyes widened. It was like, really? <laughs> kind of thing. Um, and you know, like I mentioned at the onset that, you know, over the since that story was published, there has been pushback on it from players, from staff in the form of the, uh, hashtag CSU United, um, hashtag on Twitter. So, you know, again, there's a lot of conflicting theories, a lot of alternate, um, or maybe not alternate, but just different perspectives being presented, you know, the one that I think comes to mind most immediately is that of Brian White, uh, one of the coaches on staff. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the players um, on behest of the uh, at the behest of the seniors had one message. White, I think, as an individual, had a second one, and then coaches, ten of the coaches on staff, had a third one. So uh, it's a lot to try and take in. But I mean, there's no doubt that you know, the original allegations, and you know, some of the people making the allegations are named and others are not. Um, but regardless, it's, uh, it's a very, uh, like you said, it's, it's a kind of a black eye if it does happen to be true. I would think in this case, like the second article, the first article had everybody in background, so there's nothing on the record. So that could be, there could be some skepticism, but when you mentioned 10, that's a good amount. But this, like you mentioned, there's multiple people putting their name to say what happened in emails and texts to back stuff up. Like, when you have close practices, it, the only reason it's not so information's not out there, it's there so you can do what the heck you want to the players out there, essentially. Like, you'd hope they treat them fine on issue, but if you have close practices, there's a reason for it, too. It's not just, uh, well, let's uh, make sure the uh, we don't give away our third down player book or a red zone offense. It's like, it's more than that a lot of the times. But, like, then say, like, here's the one thing I, I didn't like, the, like, what was really a big deal where, Adazio doesn't know what he's talking about or has his head in the sand because he's just been a coach forever and no interpersonal skills or life skills or knowledge of the world outside of football is when those players were held at gunpoint over out in Loveland where they wanted to go wear shirts um, with Black Lives Matters, go march and do what's been going on in support of those guys. He's like, no, you can't do that at all. 
So they went out there and just wore black shirts with no Rams insignia or logos on there, and Diageo basically called a bunch of crap. Like, like, what are you doing? It's like, it's a pretty big. Do you not want to support your player for what happened out there? For what were they doing, Josh? Were they just like doing some part-time job selling like solar panels or something? I think it was painting services. Yeah, they some, were lovely. Yeah. Yeah, and so like, what do you think? Like, why why would the coach not want to back them up? Like, you look like a pretty curmudgeon if you're like, no, you can't do that. He don't. He doesn't have to associate himself with him. Like, say he feels like the Black Lives Matter thing. He's like, well, that's not for me, which can be fun if that's his thing. But if the player's going for it, why not encourage him to get out in the community to go support other causes that support the people at their school, on their team, and their community? And you can say it's a player's decision that you're okay with it because what they end up doing was it's you're just going out there marching. It's not a big deal. It's like that type of stuff where it's like they want all the control over what you can do, and that's wrong, I think. Well, and then, then there's players and other coaches who've come out that said that's absolutely false. Like he he encouraged to the players to speak their minds, to speak up. I believe if I think he, I forget who said it, but like Adazio encouraged them, the entire team, to learn more about what they can do and what can be done in the future. Yeah, that's why I don't know because the one thing here I'm pulling through that part, like it's an anonymous quote from a staff member which doesn't mean a coach. It could be training staff. It could be men, uh, so any staff member on the, who's part of the football team. Football staff member, to me, I would think that would mean a coach, but it could be a trainer or something. They're quoted saying that, but, I, I like again, we don't know 100% sure. But when you put your name to something, I'm like, yeah, I'll believe that a touch more. But I'm not going to not believe these people because how many times in the past five years with anything or even longer, believe the people that are coming forward because how often is it where I come to somebody and say, hey, this guy hit me in the face. And there's a, and that's likely what's happened. You know what I mean? Like over the past years of whatever regarding racial issues, like uh, misconduct, sexual stuff, that go toward people. It's almost majority what's gone on has gone on, right? And so why would we not believe what these people are saying for the majority of it? There are times where it's not the case, but overall the majority proves people come forward and say something bad happened. It likely happened. And so that's what makes this uh, tough. But what, like Josh, how far do they go back? Like. We mentioned Tony Frank. We mentioned Joe Parker, Jack Graham. It's like, what is the point? Like, you're being a CSU guy. Like, Stacy was a pretty good coach, but was he worth all the hassle? Like, he basically got money to be quiet and retire. <laughs> and I guess somebody worded it that it was... The hush money, right? <laughs> yeah, it was hush money. Like, Stacy knows where the bones are buried. And so it, it was, there was something, something about Joe Parker couldn't fire him. Or they wouldn't they wouldn't let him fire him was in the Colorado article. Yeah, from, from Tony Frank. He's like, no, he's yeah. saying, like, no, no he and it, it. I don't. He didn't say it was Tony Frank. He said it was they. So oh. I, it made me think of like out, outside for outside boosters or something. I don't know, but it was. Um, yeah, it's just weird. I I think I put it in our our chat that it was like the the old man yelling at the cloud. But that was literally the last time CSU had success. Yeah, but was he even having that? Like, was his success worth it to keep the trouble around? I don't think so. They weren't winning conference titles. And, and that happened after. I know. And I think that's – no. and you're right. He It wasn't worth the trouble. And I, I think the issue was is at the time he was winning and Tony – and I think Jack Graham had convinced Tony Frank to go all in on the stadium and that he wanted to basically raise sports as a whole and – that contributed to well he's winning now 
let's just continue and we'll deal with it. I don't know. Like it's it's like my point I mentioned earlier about Mercury Majera is like he was saying some nasty stuff, but he was funny. Like I'm looking at you, Stacey, year one, NCAA tournament won a game. He never made the NCAA tournament since then, and had only two like only but twenty one seasons twice. It's like he was he was fine, not bad by any means, but not worth the hassle. It's like so you have like this seems to be like we'll kind of wrap everything up here because there's there's a little bit more to get to. But like talking to you, Matt, like this seems to be a institutional thing. But it is good that Parker, the president right now, Carol, they're like, oh, investigation, outside team coming in to look at it all. It seems to me they're doing the right thing. But I don't know if it's not too little too late, but it seems like this has been snowballing for a very long time and people just aren't looking for a program that's not – like, sorry, Josh, but you know, they're not an amazing program. They're just okay. Like, Mike Boba was okay. Going, we made the jokes of seven and six. But the basketball team's been okay. It's not like you're getting rid of Sonny Lubick or when, what's his name, Stu Morrill is there doing good things, or a team that's going to Sweet 16s or challenging for conference title in football, like, if they're letting this by, it's like, why? Because it's not, it just seems to me, like, Matt, it's not worth it for this trouble. If even half of this stuff is true, it's beyond bad. Well, and one of the real ironies, I think, is that one of the uh, the main sources that was named in the Colorado and article, Jimmy Stewart, who I, I believe he's a mental health counselor on campus. Mm-hmm. You, you, I guess if you want to call it irony, he pointed to the current basketball coach, Nico Medved, yes. as an example of what the university or the athletic department should be doing more of. Um, and and I admit, and as I have in the past, that I don't necessarily follow college basketball as closely as I follow football. So you or, or Josh can feel free to correct me on this, but it seems like just for, as a, the most casual kind of observer that that program is heading in the right direction after two or three years with him in the system. It, um, it, it is, but also, Ad, it's not, it's a low, you say it's just a low bar to set for him. I assume you remember his Iowa State days drinking with co-eds at a party underage, I think. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's, it's a low bar to set, you know what I mean? <laughs> but like, so Josh, what do you, like, as you as a fan there, the Rams, like, what's your thoughts like? We'll get to the, if they're season or not, but like, what do you think would be the best result out of this? Me personally, I, I think Adazio needs time to. If if he did everything that's been said, yeah, he probably should go. But I don't believe he's done everything. I believe it's maybe just misunderstanding, and he should be given time to maybe either correct his beliefs or attitudes and just. Let's see where this goes. But obviously, if he's done everything, he needs to go. But I, I think there needs to be a, a shift in the in the the culture of the academic department as a whole, or not the academic, excuse me, the athletic department as a whole, because it, it I don't know, it just seems like the department isn't headed on the right track as it once was when they, they shared the, or the, back in 2014, 2015, where CSU was top five in the nation and combined wins between the top four programs. I think that's the direction we want to be in. And I honestly don't believe the athletic department is on the right track towards that. So with what's, go- with what's going on right now, because me and Matt are going to do another show where it's like cultural balls in disarray, Mountain West schedule change, Max dropping football for the fall, all the, a lot of FCS teams, UConn. Would you be in favor or opposed? Because the investigation – if, see, I know the season's – what is it? September 26th is when you get the first game. So we're right now – what's that? Seven weeks away essentially. We're here August uh, – what's say August 9th, guys? Something like that. Mm-hmm. Is there enough time to get a thorough investigation 
because every activity in football has been paused at the moment. Is there enough time to get a thorough investigation to have an outcome and play a season? I, th- I, think, I think so. You I both? think it depends. Well, on what? On what they like find? Like the outcome of the investigation. I know the Iowa, I think, because it's the same law firm that did the Iowa investigation. I think yeah, that took, it is, yes. what, two, two and a half weeks? Okay, I'm just wondering, because my point being, like, with, with it being the year where you can basically get away with whatever you want, they could get away with not playing football this season. I don't think many people would blame them. It would suck for a lot of people involved, but I don't think there would be, outside of diehard fans, like fans, people associated with school, people like yourself, that would not like it. But I think that if that were to be an outcome, I think that would be an acceptable outcome for this season. It would suck, but I, I think that's on the table, possibly, to get everything in order. Maybe it takes that to say, hey, we're serious about getting stuff done. Yeah, and I, th- I think they, maybe if it comes down to that, they'll say, oh, we're, if, they'll try to convince the Mountain West as a whole to do it. They could say, they'll use the excuse of COVID to to push it out and then make the changes before the season picks back up. It could happen on top of them anyways because there's stuff with the Big Ten and everything going on that they may, Power 5 ADs, like, well, we're going to shut it down or may not play. So it may be done for them. But if it's not, like, let's just say, like, we'll finish on this. Well, I guess I got one more quick thing. But if we finish on this, if it's, oh, sorry, if um the season can go forward because we'd be blessed and lucky to have football, I still think the Rams could say, hey, we're sitting out this year. Do you think that could be on the table if the Mountain West plays without them for one season? If it was bad enough, yeah. Do you think that that's on the table, Matt? I would be very surprised if that were the case. I would be surprised, but I think it's, I would, I'll give it some possibility that could be that could be there. I mean, I, you know, and one other thing I just want to mention before we get into wrapping this up is that, you know, yeah, like I mentioned, thirty different players came out with the uh, that CSU United message, but I think it is worth noting that you know when you look at like who was actually spreading the message, mm-hmm. you know, I think you know because it's been like at least a day now since you know the the, i guess the the first push united push i guess you would say yeah uh on twitter and you know for a message that was ostensibly crafted by the seniors i think is possibly telling that there are a great number of black senior athletes on this team who as best as i can tell did not have a hand in promoting this message at all and i'm talking about guys like warren jackson nate craig myers cameron butler marshawn cameron marcus mcelroy by my count and i could be wrong about this the only two black seniors on the team who promoted the message one way or another were keith williams the offensive tackle Mm -hmm. and i believe ellison hubbard was the other one if i'm not mistaken yeah because there was somebody back and forth on twitter where apparently doesn't understand straightforward black seniors is a pretty specific group of people you're looking at. And I think yeah. they, I think they pointed out one extra. So it could be two. That is interesting as well. It's like who's sharing the message and they, and did it, the letter specifically said seniors were part of this message and they're only well, and a it, few. And, this, and it's not to say that it, it was exclusively white players that were sure. spreading this message, but exactly. you know, it, by my last time I checked, it was roughly three to one. Of, of white athletes to black athletes who had a hand in using the hashtag. So, you know, I, obviously you don't want to draw a lot of sweeping conclusions about it, but I think that 
you know, when you're missing a lot of the team's biggest names, presumably a lot of the team's most prominent leaders, possibly captains. You know, I, as like well. they mentioned, I've seen one of one or two of the message mentioned like a leadership council or things like that. I don't know if Josh happens to know who's actually a part of that or not. I just thought, just thinking in terms of like myself as an audience, that it could be potentially very telling that they're about who's not saying anything about this as much as it is who actually is spreading this message. And so that's why I think that's why I think, you know, having this investigation is going to be really paramount because it seems like there's a lot of competing dialogues or a lot of competing perspectives. So, you know, I, I think right now you can't really plant your flag on one side or the other um, without feeling, well, at least from my perspective, without thinking that you're really partisan one way or the other. I just thought that that was really concerning for me as an outside observer. I, I wouldn't say, well, the leadership council was a thing started under Bobo mm-hmm. where they, I think it was about 10 players and they all had their own groups and they all did what, I don't remember exactly, but I think it was like, how can those leaders help shape the team as a team better? And it wasn't all seniors. I remember there was soft, I think there was like one or two sophomores and a couple juniors as well. And then regarding the sharing of the statement, I know somebody somebody brought it up on the account, the Twitter account that some of these people just aren't that active on Twitter either. It could be yeah. that. Yeah. That's a possibility. And that's like Matt pointed that out. It's like, we know not everybody lives on Twitter. They may not all have Twitter accounts, but it's still something to look forward to. I'm to look into. It's like, Hey, there's these players, but I think the players that Matt mentioned, like the higher up guys, I believe they have a Twitter account, like Warren Jackson, others like, that's something maybe we look into, like who has a Twitter account and who not that even then, even if you have an account, doesn't mean to use it, because we're gonna get to a fun Twitter thing in a minute here. But just because you have one, doesn't mean you're on there all the time doing stuff. You could just be looking and hanging out there just to see what's on there, not necessarily crafting your own post or liking and replying, retweeting type stuff. So but from the metrics we have, it's like that's a big thing. Cause if it here's the thing too, if you have a Twitter account and this thing comes out like, hey guys, we're putting this out on Twitter, here's the hashtag to use. We'd love you to promote it or something. You would think if they're involved, they'd go out and promote it if they had an account. So, but, uh, hey, Josh, should we get to a, hey, Josh, do you have a fake Twitter account you like to use ever? <laughs> no, but I've, I've accidentally used the other Twitter account for the other show I write for. <laughs> <laughs> so, this, if, if, okay, so apparently, do, do we, we don't know, if, we don't know if this is 100% true. But it's looking like Steve Adagio is the worst person on Twitter because he doesn't know how to use it or hide. He's not uh, he's not a Mitt Romney who admitted it eventually, but he actually did a decent job, a sort of decent job at least. At least it took them a couple hours to figure out Mitt Romney had a fake French Twitter account liking some of his stuff and defending him. But Deadspin, which apparently is new Deadspin, did something good, which I haven't paid attention to him for a while. And Matt, you can bring it up. People found out Steve Adagio had a, like, a possible Twitter burner account like within 10 minutes of him signing up for Twitter. Or at least changing the handle, right? Yeah, you would think. So, <laughs> what's the I, way? I will say this is old. This was around when he was hired. I know, I know, but it's just not coming out loud. I'm just finding it, and I'm finding it hilarious as well. Like, like you said, Josh, like all right, Matt told me everybody mentioned like this. It was made like when he got hired in what late December, I think it was. Whenever he was hired, late December, yeah. Within, yeah. within minutes, it was figured out, right? Pretty well, much. I, 
<laughs> I think it was there. I think somebody said that he changed the Twitter handle. Yeah, it's the uh, right now. I think if you want to check it out, because I don't know if it's. I'm so, I'm also kind of surprised it's still up and running. It's a Rams. This is the worst. Hey, hey folks, if I like also like in the Deadspin article, they linked the life hack. I'm like, here's how to run a, a burner account. Specifically, number one, probably don't put uh, Rams CSU HC as your handle. Rams CSU head coach. <laughs> like, isn't that like? What is he? What is he doing here? What is what is going on? This is just a. This is just the fun side of the intrigue of what's going on, but it's also like, hey, Brevin Murphy, please delete this tweet, or him actually outing himself saying me or a personal pronoun on one of these, right? Well, it's funny if you go look at it now. I think he like if it isn't him, they ran with the joke, and the headline on the account says head coach of the CSU football team. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's his, right? Do you think it is? It's kind of hard to think that it's not just because of the, the little idiosyncrasies in the whole thing. Yeah, and like deleting tweets and stuff like, hey, like there's a tweet about <coughs> the, uh, the, the at least a couple former BC players who weren't a fan of his afterwards. Like the one who tried to get him cut at the uh, Atlanta Falcons or blackballed somebody to come into his stadium essentially. And he's like, hey, could you please delete this? It's like, it seems more likely than not, right? I would imagine so. Josh, what do you think? Is this his burner account? He's gonna is he gonna keep going with it? Lean into it all the way? <laughs> I, I don't know. Like it the changing of the Twitter handle made me think so, but somebody also made a faux Larry Stacey Twitter account too when he was first hired, so those happen. But you also yeah. have fake accounts where they make fun and be parodies of themselves, right? This seems more looking at the actual tweets is a lot just replies and stuff. It's nothing going being silly about, hey, I'm the new head coach. And having fun with the Twitter accounts. This seems to be more strategic to what they're replying to and not. There was one tweet he made that made me think it was Bobo for some reason. Well, yeah, well, what was that? You mentioned it, I didn't quite get that. Which one? Um, hold on, let me see if it's in the chat. Is it the DM one, the screenshot? Yeah. Oh, let me pull up here too. It was, uh, I think Matt put it in there. He goes, uh, Stevie Dazio is not, just a reply. 